0: Last week's Manchester City vs. Real Madrid Champions League game was won for the ages, but is there any way this week's second leg could match up? What's behind the criticism of Villarreal's approach against Liverpool in the other semifinal? John Muller is here to break down this week's Champions League second legs. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Everyday for Monday, May 2nd. first your TV guide for today as usual all times are Eastern and it's a pretty light day as usual on Monday though there is an interesting Premier League game at 3 p.m Manchester United taking on Brentford that'll be on USA Network in the Bundesliga we have two games at 2:30 p.m Bayer Leverkusen versus Eintracht Frankfurt that'll be on ESPN plus also at 2:30 p.m Borussia Mönchengladbach versus RB Leipzig on ESPN plus and in La Liga at 3 p.m., Getafe taking on Real Betis on ESPN+. That's about it. Let's send it over to my conversation with John Mueller about this week's Champions League semifinals. Welcome to a new week. I have John Mueller here with me. It's Monday. We're going to talk about some sort of uh, trend of things that is, is going to happen in the upcoming week of soccer. And, of course, the thing that is happening in this upcoming week of soccer, is the Champions League semifinal second legs. The first legs were interesting in very, very different ways. Uh, We can just sort of leave it at that, except not, because we're going to go in detail. Uh, Let's start with the game that's happening tomorrow on Tuesday, the second leg between Liverpool and Villarreal. John, Liverpool won the first leg 2-0, and within that 2-0 win, I think Liverpool's winning probably isn't that much of a surprise, just based on sort of where the teams are. What I was a little bit surprised to see was just a lot, lot, lot of criticism, some of it vague, some of it less vague, of Via Rail's approach in that game. Where do you think that criticism is, is coming from? Sort of what are you seeing of it? And what do you think of it?
1: I mean, I, I guess it's normal for people to want, like, kind of an exciting end-to-end game in a Champions League semi, uh, because usually, like, the semis are going to be, like, a little bit better matched than Liverpool versus VRL. Like, you, you've got an underdog, clearly, in this matchup, and the underdog went to Anfield, and they are playing against maybe the best team in the world, and, like, it's it's only normal for them to bunker down and play a nice, compact defense. Like, that's the rational thing to do. VRL and La Liga, they don't play like that. Like, they're a very competent possession team they press high a little bit they have like nice kind of you know a possession game that that Unai Emery has coached them to to play but he's also coached them to like you know adjust their approach to the game and when you're playing at Anfield I think that that's a normal way to play we we heard the same complaints about Atletico Madrid when they went to Manchester City and like played this 5-5-0 for only a little bit of the game but like you know that's the part everybody remembers
0: they played it for enough yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so, so I mean, like I, I thought the V-Rail defended pretty well. They allowed, you know, a little less than 1.5 xgs. Like, you know, they were a little unlucky to give up two goals. If they'd gotten out of there with a one-zero, like that would have been fine. They didn't get anything going offensively, but that's really more credit to Liverpool's just phenomenal counter pressing and just they they didn't let VRL get out of their half.
0: Sometimes
1: there's nothing you can do.
0: You mentioned that that's not necessarily how V-Rail plays in La Liga, and I would imagine that it's not how they're going to play at home in the second leg. Did you see anything from that first leg that you think will, that VRL might adjust into like some, some tweaks that they that Liverpool might've showed them that they can take advantage of in the second leg, because they're going to need at least two goals one way or another, if they're going to advance to the final.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe Liverpool will sit back a little bit more protecting this two zero lead on the, on the road. And that'll allow VRL to kind of get into their, their passing game a little bit more. Uh, I don't know whether Gerard Moreno is going to be back, but that would obviously help them a lot. Uh, he's their their best striker. They're playing with Chicoise in his spot this time. Uh, they maybe can be a little bit more aggressive about attacking behind Liverpool's fullbacks. They were trying to do kind of what they did against Byron in the first leg and build very slowly to control the tempo. And they were kind of trying to pass through the midfield, through Daniel Perejo. And, you know, maybe, maybe they're just going to have to attack a little bit faster up the wings and play a more conventional counter-attacking game against Liverpool in the second game.
0: Do you think Liverpool will have a little bit harder time not fouling them? Your, our, our colleague Michael Cox wrote a piece for The Athletic where basically he said the way Liverpool won this game is they didn't give in to VRL's game and didn't give them any opportunity to slow the game down any more than they were already doing it. Are they going to be able to do that in, this, uh, in the second leg, you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a an interesting observation from Cox about how Villarreal was just using stoppages of play to to slow the game down as much as possible. Uh, you know, both as a tempo controlling thing and just for pure time wasting purposes. I don't think that they're going to want to waste time in the second leg. You know, they've got to make up some ground here. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that Liverpool will probably maybe even foul more uh, to break up the game. Right now, it's to their advantage.
0: Yeah. Well, after that game happens on Tuesday, we get. Frankly, you know, I, I hate I hate to uh, choose sides here, but I think the far more appetizing matchup just based on the first leg, in my opinion, would be Man City versus Real Madrid. Of course, the first leg was an absolute bonkers game, Man City winning 4-3. Um, it's the rare case, in my opinion, and I think your opinion differs, of a game like this probably exceeding expectations. Uh John, when we were talking just before we started recording, I was surprised to hear you say that you don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, what were you thinking as you were watching this absolutely bonkers game uh, as it was happening?
1: I mean, my own personal taste, I like a really organized game. I like to see teams kind of executing on ideas. And that wasn't what we got in this one. We got chaos. And I get it. It's a lot of fun to like watch these teams go to end. Uh, but what was, what was interesting to me in this game was how exactly Madrid forced this chaos to happen because... Man City is a very, very organized team, and somehow Madrid was able to go to the Etihad and, and just kind of turn it into a, a Real Madrid Champions League game, because it's always the same with them, right? It's always this like chaos, yeah. and they always somehow win.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences, like official gear, Courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to Micelobe Ultra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well well, let's dive into that a little bit because I'm what did you see that they did to make the whole thing sort of chaos? As as you put it in your piece, I thought it was interesting. You you wrote that Carlo Ancelotti's team are pure jazz, no sheet music. Uh what do you mean by that and how are they able to get Man City to try to play jazz, I guess. <laughs>
1: So, so I should say first of all, like I think I made a mistake in that piece by kind of ascribing intentionality to the way that Madrid played. Uh, I don't okay. necessarily know that this was the way that Ancelotti wanted his team to play. He said after the game, uh, I, you know, I, I just wanted us to play good defense, but they weren't going to play good defense against Man City.
0: Which which they didn't. It it (laughs) just wasn't going to
1: happen. Like for the first 10 minutes of the game, you know, we saw Man City just playing their normal meticulous game and just picking Madrid apart. And if that had gone on for 90 minutes, it would have been a disaster. Like City could easily have won like five, six, zero and Madrid never would have even had any chances. So what I really, I think meant to say was that whether or not it was intentional, it was to Madrid's benefit that they eventually were able to kind of force this chaos to happen. And uh, they they did it in a few different ways. Uh, number one was just by playing a lot of long balls, which are kind of inherently the way that teams inject chaos into games, second balls, loose balls, 50-50s, all these things like kind of make things a little bit chaotic. Uh, but City, you know, the way they respond to that sort of long ball is to they want to pass back to Ederson, they want to reset, they want to build up slowly. And Madrid did not let them do that. They pressed uh, chaotically is really the only word for it. They pressed not in an organized way, not in like a compact, you know, disciplined pressing shape, but just by chasing after the ball, as soon as it went back to Ederson, basically whoever Madrid's furthest forward guy was would chase the ball all the way back to Ederson and try to cut it off. You know, five guys would kind of sprint randomly and man mark whoever they could find in, in, in the attacking half. And what this did was kind of created a bunch of holes in Madrid's pressing structure, right? So there's a lot of incentive for City to attack rapidly through that. And they did frequently, and they created a lot of good chances that way. You saw De Bruyne getting between the lines, leading these counterattacks that probably should have led to more for City. But at the same time, forcing City to play rapidly against this man marking, against this hyper-aggressive press, also caused mistakes. And those mistakes were kind of what led Madrid to capitalize and, and kind of get more chances than I think they would have had playing a Villarreal type of organized game against Man City.
0: One of the goals that they scored that has been, I guess, I've seen it reposted a lot just because it's such kind of a weird goal, came from a little bit of a problem area for City in this game at right back. Uh, John Stone started there. He had to come out with an injury. So Fernandinho came in and it didn't go well for him on this particular uh, instance. uh, Vinny Jr. turning him at midfield and then running basically the entire way and uh, finishing to for I, what I believe was a third goal in this game. Um, City's right back situation is going to look probably a little bit better in this game. Uh, Kyle Walker may play. Uh, he's going to get a little bit of training in after being out for a while with an ankle injury. John Stones may play uh, after he recovers from that injury. And Joel Cancelo was suspended for the last game, but will be back and healthy for this one. Uh, do you think that that, that gaining, basically not play, having to play Fernandinho as kind of an emergency right back will be the difference for City in this? Or what what sort of impact do you think it could have uh, on on proceedings?
1: I will say in, in Fernandinho's defense, that goal that you're talking about that he gave up to Vinny came like less than two minutes after he had created a goal by jumping in front of a pass that was intended for Vinicius and playing it's it true. into Phil Foden. So like. You know, he, yeah. he did he did okay. He he created some, he gave up some. Uh, but it's clearly it's not in Man City's interest to play for an at right back against uh, one of the most exciting young left wingers in, in the game. Uh, so I think yeah, we'll see Ken Solo there unless Walker's healthy, then if Walker's healthy, Ken Solo will be at left back and Walker uh, will be containing Vinicius. I think that uh, in either case, you know, they're going to be trying to set up high and cut off service to Vinny rather than, you know, kind of defending him low. One of the things that was really interesting about that one goal where, where Vinny ran, uh, you know, really from the halfway line on the sideline all the way into the six yard box was the way that Luka Modric had dragged Ruben Diaz out of uh, his usual center back space. And that kind of made it a one-on-one between Vinny and Fernandinho. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll still see that no matter who's playing it right back we're going to see Luka Modric playing between the lines and trying to drag those center backs around. City was playing this kind of like 4-1-3-2 pressing structure that left a lot of space, like on either side of, of their one uh, defensive midfielder, Rodri. And so that gives Modric a lot of room to operate, and I think that's scary no matter who is in the back line.
0: Well, personally, I hope we get another uh, chaos-filled, uh, entertaining game like we saw, but for your sake, maybe we can make it a nice organized game Two, one, one way or another for this one.
1: It's, it's Real Madrid in the Champions League. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be fun.
0: I'm excited. Uh, John, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for me. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. And hey, by the way, Soccer Every Day is now on YouTube alongside all of our other great podcasts. I'm sure we'll be posting more fun video stuff as the year goes on as well. The link for that is in the show's description alongside some of the stories that we mentioned in this episode. Thank you so much for listening and happy soccer to you all.